Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and with us today we have Sonia Gao, the founder and president of the Parkinson's Social Network, along with Carol Barrett, a member of the network whose husband was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 2002. They're going to discuss what caregivers need to know about Parkinson's disease, including how to find the right services. And one of those right services that we'll talk about is the Parkinson Social Network. But first, as we always do, we like to learn a little bit about our guest. Carol comes from Culpeper, where she was raised on an Angus cattle farm. Interesting. She earned a degree from George Mason University and a Master's of Divinity from Wesley Theological Seminary, then ordained as a minister in the Presbyterian Church and has served in churches throughout the area. Carol and her husband, Bob, have lived in Oakton for 48 years. They have four grown children who she says has gifted them with eight grandchildren. Sonia was born in Toronto and moved to Australia, and when she was a teen, living there for over 20 years. Now married with two grown children, she lives in the Fair Oaks area, shares her home with two rescue mutts called Rascal and Sophie. Sonia is also a caregiver, in fact, an extremely long-distance caregiver. Her 93-year-old mom lives in a residential care facility in Australia, and she recently returned from an extended visit with her there. So, Sonia... Carol, thanks for both being here on the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast. Parkinson's disease. Let's first talk a little bit about that before we get into the Parkinson's social network. What is Parkinson's? Is there a, 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 a general definition, kind of what it is and how it affects people? And I'll let either one of you want to answer or both of you can talk about it. Um, so from the um, Mark, Michael J. Fox Foundation website, I took a definition, and they, they call it a chronic degenerative neurological disorder of the central nervous system resulting in a lack of dopamine, a neurotransmitter produced in the substantia nigra that helps control body movements. Neurons fire without normal control, and patients are less able to direct or control their movement. So that's an official that's the official word. And, and official. Yeah, and I had forgotten all about Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Is that kind of the... That's, that's the big, that's the guru of everything. Yeah, that's going. kind of the one that kind of brought it to the forefront, I guess, mm -hmm. if you will, the visibility for it. Yes. And yeah. it made it more public. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Carol, as, as Sonia was going through that, that definition, that description, are those the type of things that, that you see with, in Bob? Yes. With Bob? Um, he was, as you said, was diagnosed in 2002, and 16 years later, um, there's a lot of movements he can't do. He can't dress himself. Mm. He can't get in bed by himself. Um, his physical ability to function, I mean, fine motor control. Mm. He was a builder for 50 years, and oh, he wow. could d design as well as build. Yeah. Um, he couldn't possibly do that. Now, I can't even write his name. That's got to be frustrating for him. Oh, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. And as a caregiver, is that is that kind of – do you understand that and kind of maybe understand some of the frustration if it, if it comes out in a bad way? <laughs> um, one of the most important things I have learned in living with Parkinson's is it has brought us closer, get, closer together as a couple. Uh -huh. uh, I have a much better understanding of the man than I ever have before. Mm because I have to anticipate his needs. Oh, wow, interesting. I have to be able to interpret what he says because sometimes he doesn't get enough information out oh, so gotcha. I can answer him. Gotcha. Um, and he he's a perfectionist. Mm. 
and it's so hard to help him step back and okay, this is good enough. Right, right, right. And it's me. I've never been a particularly patient person, but that's something I have learned really right, well. Right, right. I'm not perfect, but right. I, I'm getting there. Right. I'm getting there. For either one of you, both of you, does Parkinson's affect people the same? Are there different symptoms or, or sign or signs or effects of, of, of people? Yeah. Um, people think that they often think of Parkinson's as an, an old man hunched over mm-hmm. and um, with a tremor. Um, but no, Parkinson's is very individual. We often hear people say, if you know one person with Parkinson's, you know one person with Parkinson's because there are so many symptoms, but everyone is affected differently. Mm. Um, What you see with uh, Michael J. Fox with his um, uncontrolled movement, they're called dyskinesias, that's a side effect of the medication. And so not everybody's doing that. Not everyone tremors. I know people who stutter, Mm -hmm. but not everyone stutters. Mm. Um, And there are some basic symptoms that people have, like tremors and slow movement, um, rigidity, and and their posture um, mm-hmm. can change. It, there's a, but there's there those are some things yeah, that you yeah. see there. There's a, a multitude of All other right. symptoms that people don't see, like their voice change changing, mm-hmm. not, not speaking as loudly, having trouble swallowing, just losing their sense of smell. There's so wow. so many wow. things that people don't see that they don't know about. They don't attribute to Parkinson's, and that can cause a problem with diagnosis. I was That's exactly what I was yeah. going to ask you, because as you were saying all this, I was going, well, how in the world do you know if you have Parkinson's, if a loved one has Parkinson's? I mean, it seems like it, it could take a long time to, to figure out. Is that an accurate statement? Absolutely. I can give you an example. We have a daughter, 44 years old, who um, has been under uh, in testing and observation at NIH for the last seven years because she exhibits several of the major symptoms of Parkinson's, but she does not have Parkinson's disease. So, yes, it's it's not easy. Nobody can ever say specifically that you have it until they examine your brain after death. They just make an assumption based on clinical evidence. Wow. And if you take the medicine and it works, that's pretty clear. Now, is Parkinson's hereditary? They don't think so yet. Small percentage. Interesting. Wow. I have learned so much already. And I I thank you for sharing, especially, Carol, your your, your personal stories. I really do appreciate that. Are there, kind of ask about some of the symptoms and signs and those kind of things. And, Sonia, I think you mentioned earlier kind of the, the, misconception that it's an old man disease, kind of the hunched over. Are, are there maybe some other misconceptions or things that people think about Parkinson's that are not really right or not not accurate? Well, we, we have a friend who um, took six years to be diagnosed because he was in his teens when he first noticed symptoms. Um, the doctors didn't believe that anyone so young could possibly have Parkinson's. So it, it, it can affect people who are young, even in their teens. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I have a neighbor who has a woman who has Parkinson's. To see her function, you would have no idea yeah. because she's extremely creative. I mean, she sews, she paints, she gardens. You couldn't even possibly consider that she has mm-hmm. Parkinson's just to look at her and watch mm-hmm. her function. Mm-hmm. But a, a whole lot of difference between her and your husband. So, oh, yeah. it, mm-hmm. as you said, it's different effects for different yeah. people. So it's mm-hmm. not. 
Right. You have Parkinson's, and we'll put you in this box, and everybody looks alike. It's all and different. And physically, I know the lady she's talking about. She's in my exercise class, and she's more flexible than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she experiences a lot of pain. Yeah. You don't see the pain unless she no. tells you about it. Oh, wow. Mm. I I don't have a high pain tolerance, so you, you would know it from me. Um, well, if, the, the nerve endings in a Parkinson's patient fire indiscriminately, oh. and that's why the pain. Interesting. Because my husband has pain, too, but it's not on the level that right. my friend's is. Wow. So... Maybe you think you've got some of these symptoms. Maybe you don't know. Are there doctors? Are there tests? How do you go about kind of finding that initial help to even figure out if, you know, what you need to do? Let's not even worry about talking about the later stages, but just mm -hmm. initially, you know. You need a really good neurologist and the best kind are move, specialized in movement disorders. Now, there are other movement disorders, but right. Parkinson's is the primary one, and it affects more people than any other. Wow. And are those readily available? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming a specialty within a specialty, there's there's got, got to be a limited supply, I'm assuming. As far as I know, there's four in Northern Virginia. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And um, they, they receive, they're, they're, neuro they're trained neurologists, but they have additional training in Movement, movement disorders, disorders. Wow. so they can see the whole picture. Okay. Medications, um, mm. physical therapy, occupational therapy. I mean, help me kind of understand what's some of the things involved in the progression of Parkinson's. Um, most people start off on carbidopa, levodopa, which is yeah, I'm sorry. the basic. <laughs> it's called, most people know it as cinnamon. Okay. Um, to help control whatever symptom, symptoms they have, and as it progresses, other medications are added. Um, I can name the ones that we've used, Requip, um, Comptan. Bob takes um, several other medications mm. because of the dementia parts that he right, has. Right. But it affects other things. One thing that Sonia didn't uh, mention about how Parkinson's can affect, but it's your vision. Oh, wow. Uh, Parkinson's patients have, especially advanced Parkinson's patients, have uh, some loss of uh, peripheral vision. Peripheral vision. Okay, so they have more of a tunnel, tunnel yeah, vision type thing. Perception. Okay. And they they lose the sense. Like I can be standing next to Bob, and he doesn't feel me there. Hmm. You would stand. You were standing near somebody, like in the subway. You're very aware of somebody. Right. You there. accidentally hit somebody. You kind of but pull back or whatever. He unless you pat him hard, he doesn't realize you're wow. there. Wow. But again, that could be different from somebody from else. Somebody else. Yeah. That, that's got, I mean, that's got to be the hard, hard part of this is trying to figure it all out. And, you know, if you have experience with one caregiver and you, you want to go help a, another family, a friend or mm -hmm. something, it, it may be totally different, a totally right. one, like a 180. Um, so your experience, you know, is great with Bob, but you might have to start all over and learn all over if you were to go help somebody else. Yes. And it's constantly changing. It's, right. it's changing not only from day to day. From hour to hour. Hour to hour. Wow. Especially um, later. An hour. <laughs> mm. and, and so diagnosis is difficult, but also treatment. The treatment has to evolve as the disease evolves. Right. Um, and, in be, and then keep in mind that it's individual to each person as well. Yeah. So is that where the Parkinson's social network kind of comes to play? We're not focused so much on the medical, but more on the lifestyle. 
There's a lot of information out there for medical, from, mostly from the major national organizations, Parkinson organizations. What we wanted to do was um, tap into the people side, not mm. the patient side of mm -hmm. a person, mm -hmm. and encourage them to... So Parkinson's takes a, takes a lot from people, and we want to share with them what they still can do. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about creativity and Parkinson's, and um, not just in Parkinson's, but with older people. But we want to encourage people and, and show them how they can still li live a, mm -hmm. a good life with Parkinson's mm -hmm. and still have something to contribute, um, that, that, that they are not their disease. Parkinson's mm -hmm. is just something that they're living with. Right, mm -hmm. good yeah. point. The Parkinson's Social Network is a nonprofit organization. Uh, kind of give me a little background on the on the the organization, how it got formed, when it started, and I guess, I mean, you've already kind of answered the why part of it, but some some of the logistical background, if you will. So it's it's a new organization. I I started as a volunteer and a patient advocate to put to. Um, to organize cafes. So they were a social alternative to support groups. We found that people mm. sometimes were hesitant to join a support group because yeah. um, it can be a bit intimidating. It can be like therapy. Um, some support groups can be real downers. Um, I was fortunate that the one that I was involved with here in Fair Oaks is, is prides themselves on not being a pity party. Yeah. Um, and they're very upbeat and positive. And I learned a lot from them. And I also uh, tried to help connect them to resources in the community and, and res Parkinson resources to right. help make their lives easier. Well, so, and, you know, as you said, the support group, you know, has that, that kind of stigma, just that mm -hmm. name. So people hear that and they go, oh, I'm not interested. So, But we thought that they'd come out for coffee and donuts. Absolutely. I, I would be there. <laughs> <laughs> so they do. Yeah. And we, we try to keep it upbeat and more about lifestyle. We have a icebreaker question that's lots of fun. And then we usually have a topic of the month. And we've talked about things like travel and what people do for their hobbies. And this month we're talking about how people care for themselves. Um, because next month, uh, November, is um, National Family Caregiver Month. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to tap into that before everybody gets involved with right. Thanksgiving things. Right, right. Yeah. So okay. um, we, we learn a lot on lifestyle things. Um, this month, uh, October, where we were talking about how people take care of themselves, we had all these ideas. We learned that people like to get out of the house to take classes and enjoy the performing arts and exercise and volunteer. And that some of those things I wasn't expecting to hear about. And then people shared all their ideas of where they could go to hear a concert or see a theater. The theatrical performance mm -hmm. that wasn't too expensive. Mm -hmm. um, all these ideas came out about where people could go. Well, so then good, I yeah. record them in our newsletter and on our blog and share them with the people who couldn't wow. make it. Okay. So, so these these I mean I'm our, our listeners are familiar with me doing air quotes on the on the podcast here. <laughs> I'm putting up my air quotes. So these support groups you call cafes, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at your brochure an informal social alternative to social groups. To so, support groups. Yeah. yeah. So is there one cafe, multiple cafes? I mean, uh, where where are these cafes located, <laughs> and how can people uh, find out more about them? So we currently have three. Um, we have one. Our first one was in Fairfax, and we meet at Insight Memory Care Center. They've been really awesome to us and, and supportive of us. We also meet in Ashburn um, on um, 
today <laughs> would be the day that we would be meeting in Ashburn. Someone else is leading that's on, the group That's for on me. Wednesdays, right? That's on, on the fourth, fourth Wednesday, Wednesday. Right. yeah. Um, Fairfax is the third Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then we meet in Alexandria at, at, on the Third Monday. Third Monday. Thank I'm, you. <laughs> I'm looking at your brochure. That's Thank the reason you. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so those are our, our current ca- cafes. We also have are planning a caregiver appreciation lunch in November, in honor of National Family Caregiver Month, and we are working on educational uh, presentations um, mm. that we'll be giving to the public, to the Parkinson community, and um, long-term care providers. Mm. We want to educate them on how to provide personal care for people with right. Parkinson's because they have specific needs that aren't generally covered. Right. Um, the website parkinsonsocialnetwork.org, that's where folks can go to find out more information about these cafes. You mentioned a newsletter. Is that where they can mm-hmm. sign yep, up sign as well? Up. Talk a little bit about the, the website. Did I, did I cover it all? Or <laughs> Not, Yeah, we're, I'm trying to build the website. Um, to be a, a resource that people can go to to find out things. So we list the local support groups in our area that are um, independent and run by volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we also meet with the support group leaders to um, so people can just talk about the issues that right, they have. Right. Um, so they're listed there. Um, cafes are listed, mm-hmm. um, and, but also information about Parkinson's and some of the things that we learn in our um, cafes from each other, because we learn so much from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, emergency preparedness tips, travel tips, all, all mm-hmm. things like yeah. that I yeah. also include, and I write about in the blog as well right. and, um, that goes out every yeah. Friday. Carol, how did you learn about the cafe or the Parkinson Social Network? Um, when Bob was diagnosed with dementia, I started participating in the former organization that is now Insight, going to their workshops to learn how to live with somebody with dementia. And that's where I met Sonia. Mm -hmm. And we've we've become fast friends, and it's made a big difference in our lives, Bob's and my lives, because he enjoys going to them. Mm. There's people Mm -hmm. there who understand. The the thing about going to a, a cafe that's sort of a support group. There's people there who know what's going on, they understand, and they don't stand in judgment. That's the best thing about a cafe is that you can have fun, you've got friends who like you, there's people who understand what you're living with, and everybody's always got a good hint to give you about, you know, if I say this is what's going on, they'll give me a hint. Talk to the doctor about that. But there's also some really good books out there. I won't name any of them because I don't want to be, be partial to any particular author. But I highly recommend reading books about Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Okay. They are some of them are much better than others. Right. But more more information a, you can get, the better yeah. off you're going to be. Yeah. That's exactly where I'm coming yeah. from. Again, that website is parkinsonsocialnetwork.org, and that's Parkinson with no S on the end. That's parkinsonsocialnetwork.org. Again, newsletter, uh, blog, lots of information, information about the cafes, that type of thing. Our, our time has just flown by. There's so much more I wish we could talk about, but I want to give you ladies the final final word. So, you know, 15, 30 seconds apiece, I'll just turn it over to you. Anything I, I haven't asked, anything you'd like to, to leave with to, to, to let our listeners kind of end up our discussion about Parkinson's or the Parkinson's social network? 
one of the things that the Parkinson's Social Network wants to do is share in, you know, awareness of Parkinson's and educate people about it. So our message to the public would be that um, with this understanding of what Parkinson, what it's like to live with Parkinson's, we hope that um, it, it will come with an ability to treat people with dignity. Mm -hmm. um, that, that applies for people with dementia as well. There is a Dementia Friendly America initiative where they're educating churches and, and shopkeepers and restaurants and that on what, what it's like to live with dementia mm -hmm. and so they can provide better relationship with right. them when they are in there on on site we want to do the same thing for parkinson's yeah carol um my sense is that a lot of the public really doesn't understand parkinson's disease and if they see somebody they think might have it they shy away from them and for bob and i one of the hardest things we've had to learn to do is to live without our close friends and families we've had all these years because nobody understands it and they're afraid it's catching mm -hmm. which it's not so it's the the network the people that we yeah. see in our cafes in particular really give us a sense of family yeah. and we say that to each other all the time it's family mm -hmm. that's awesome that's couldn't think of a better, better way to end. Carol, thank, thank you. you so much for that. Sonia, thank you for, for being here. Thanks for having us. Sonia Gal, Carol Barrett, uh, Parkinson's Social Network, uh, information here on the podcast, just uh, some good stuff. And I have learned a lot and I hope you uh, have as well. Uh, again, if you want to find out more about this group, including where and when the cafes and educational events take place, go online to parkinsonsocialnetwork.org. You can also call Sonia at 571-286-5000. That's 571-286-5000. Finally, you can find county older adult services, recreation, and community engagement opportunities by dialing 703-324-7948, TTY number 711, and that's Monday through Friday, or you can go online 24-7 to fairfaxcounty.gov slash olderadults. And when you're online, be sure to subscribe to the monthly Golden Gazette newspaper and Fairfax 50 Plus e-news. You can also link from there to the Fairfax 50 Plus Facebook page. Be sure to like the Facebook page so that you'll be sure to receive more updates with Facebook's algorithm. Thanks for listening to the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government. <laughs>